you know, it was, it was actually five years ago this month that my wife and I were living a very comfortable life at our house in North Carolina. Had a great job, great friends, weren't looking to make any changes. But five years ago this month, God confirmed in us. He said, I want you to do something a little bit different. I want you to take a risk. I want you to give up your security, your comfortable life. And I want you to pack up everything and move down to New Orleans. A city that, even though you're both from Louisiana, that you really know nothing about. Um, And so we did. And it's been five years of some of the most incredible experiences that I've ever imagined. Most of the stuff that we've seen God do is beyond anything we could have ever planned for. Um, You know, I could stand up here for hours and just tell you story after story about that. But I'm not going to do that today, because um, we're not here to, to talk about what God has done in the last five years. But what I'm more excited about, more than ever before, is not what God has done in the last five years, but what God is getting ready to do in the very near future. What He's already doing even now. That's what we're going to talk about today. But before we moved here, as we, as we were praying and, and thinking through this, one of the things that, that God gave me, and, and I feel like this was kind of a, a promise from God that I've been able to just kind of to grab a hold of throughout this entire time and, and just really lay, let that be something that I cling to, especially when things get difficult. When things don't go exactly like we plan. And, and here's that promise. And it's on the screen. Look at what it says in Habakkuk. Look at what it says. It says, look at the nations and watch. And be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your day that you would not believe. Even if you were told. That's God saying that. And, and we believe I believe that that promise, that gift, that verse was specifically for Impact Church, for us, for us to say, I just want you to, I want you to look, and I want you to be prepared, because I'm about to do something that's going to be so incredible that if I were to tell you now, there's no way you'd believe it. There's no way that you would think that could ever happen. And we're sitting right in the middle of the unfolding of that. And what we really believe is that, you know, we've kind of, the last few years, because we knew five years ago, God said, I want you to go here. But we didn't come five years ago. We actually moved to the West Bank in March of 2012. 
And so, and actually started having Sunday services in January of 2013. And we've been through a lot over the, this journey of Impact Church. You know, we, we've met at four different locations. We've met on Sunday morning. We've met on Sunday nights. We've met during the week. You know, we've had a very <laughs> inconsistent history. And, you know, sometimes people have called and said, where are you at now? We, we went there and you weren't there anymore. And, you know, and that's kind of, that's a struggle when you're trying to start something and people can't find you. Um, but it's all part of it. You know, I can remember um, one of the things that I love to do, I love to go whitewater rafting. And I've had the chance, I've probably done that 10 or 15 times in my life. And the very first time I ever did that, I, I was 15 years old, and we took a group, and we went to a place, to a river called the Nanahala River. And it's got some big rapids, but it's also small and tame enough where you don't have to have a professional guide go with you. You can just hop in a raft and just go. And we actually went on the week of Memorial Weekend. And let me just tell you, the water temperature was 51 degrees. And so it wasn't something, that this wasn't you play in the water kind of thing. It was you avoided the water, if at all possible. You, try, you wanted to stay dry and, and stay warm. So it was, it was me and the leader of our group, who was a, 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 big, a big guy. Um, and we had four girls in our raft. And so, you know, if you've never been whitewater rafting, it's very much something you have to work as a team to navigate the river. To make sure that you're hitting the place at the right spots. Otherwise, the river will just take you wherever it wants to go. But you have to really work as a team. Like The back guy steers, kind of directs everything, but you have to paddle at the right time on certain sides of the boat to keep it, keep it upright, keep the water out of the boat, and keep you dry. And so we had these, these four teenage girls in our boat, and we're, we're going along. Well, at one point, we, we come to a spot where it got kind of fast, and so we get going and get a little out of control. And so what, what happens is our raft heads toward this, this log that's sticking out of the water. And so it hits the log and gets pinned under the edge of it. And water starts gushing in over the top. Well, these four girls just lose their minds at that moment. And the first thing they did was throw their oars out. <laughs> and, and then they followed suit and jumped out. Because I, I don't know if they thought that being in the water is better than being in the boat. In the, I don't know. But so the next thing we know, you know, the, the raft is pinned under this log. Water's pouring in. Half the people are gone, floating down the river. Um, no oars. And so I jump out only to realize we're only in about two feet of water this whole time. And... So I start screaming at these girls that are floating away, trying to tell them to stand up and stop, grab, do something. And they're all freaking out because, you know, they're girls. And um, I'm just kidding. It's okay. But, uh, and so finally, me and the guy, we, we get the raft unstuck. It's full of water, so it weighs 8,000 pounds. So we have to finagle it to empty it out. Finally do that. And then we have to begin the process of rounding up all these girls who have kind of ended up at various places along the river. And, 
and so we start going and, and get to the first girl and get to the second girl. And, and, you know, finally we get them all back in the raft. The only problem is, you know, we're on about a 10-mile journey. And we're only a mile or two in. And so for the rest of the day, we were basically at the mercy of the river because we only, only two of us had any oars now. And the rest of the girls just kind of sat in there in a ball, whining because they were cold the whole time for the rest of the day. And now some of us tried to push them back out at various times, but um, I'm not going to say who. Uh, but the rest of the time, you know, we were just basically, we were at the mercy of that river. It was going to take us where it wanted to take us, and we had almost no ability to control where that raft went because we had lost our oars. And you know, it's funny, sometimes in the last few years, uh, as we've been on this journey of starting Impact Church and seeing all the, the different things we've come up against and the things we've had to struggle with, and you know, I, I remember, sometimes I, I feel like I did back in that raft, that we're just floating along and we're completely at the mercy of wherever the situation, wherever circumstances want to take us. And... That's not the easiest way to exist. You know, most people don't want to live that way. They don't want to just kind of float through life. Whatever happens, happens, and we'll deal with it. And that's not what we want to do either. You know, we, we believe that God has strategically placed us here to do something so incredible just like the verse says, that none of us would even believe it if God were to, you know, put down a, a screen and reveal to us what he wanted to do, what he planned on doing. Some of us would look at that and just go, there's no way. Because it would be so out there. When you think about the fact that Impact Church has met in, in all these different locations over the last two and a half years, and every time we change locations, it's like we have to start over. Like we, we started a church in one place and it grew. And when we moved, well, those people didn't move with us. And so we started another one and it grew. We moved and then we ended up here. And same story. You know, what's really incredible though is that six or eight months ago, none of you were here. None of you had ever heard of Impact Church. And now your kids are over there having a great time and we've gotten to know you and it's exactly what God is setting up you know we may not be able to see the big picture we may not be able to see okay God you moved us here and because of that now all this work we did in that area is now kind of wasted no that God doesn't see it like that God said I had to get you to where this place then this place so you could ultimately get to this place because here's the thing we believe that God has set this church, Impact Church, apart on a mission to do something so unique in this city. We want to be different from other churches. We're not trying to be like every other church. Uh, I'll just be honest. We want to be better. Not because we're better, but because God is better. And we don't want to settle. We don't want to just... Play a church game and say, y'all come on Sunday morning, we're going to sing a little bit, some guy's going to talk a little bit, and then you can go home and go about your merry way. We don't want that to be our story. We want to be a church that impacts every person seven days a week. 
And that's not easy to do. But, but if you look in Scripture, look at what it says about the early church in the book of Acts. This was a church, you know, after Jesus died on the cross and rose again, met with the disciples, and then he ascended up to heaven, and there was a small group of them left. And they were being chased around by the government. They were trying to, you know, put them down. Trying to say, you can't do this anymore. Your hero is gone. The one you followed, he's no longer around. So it's over. It's done. We're going to put a stop to it. Sounds a little bit familiar. But look what happened. This small number of people, less than the number of people that is in this room right now, begin to meet and pray. In, in their first major public event, look what it says. It says that in that first moment, yeah, that's the one, that's the verse. It says that 3,000 were added to their number that day. 3,000 in one moment, in one day. But look what it says if we, if we read the next one. Not only were 3,000 added in that one day, but if you read in, an, that's the one. It said that every day God was adding, every day God was adding to them people who were being saved. Not just on a Sunday, not just during their public gathering, but every day as they were at work and at home and around town in the community, God was bringing people in. And then if we keep reading, look what it says in Acts 4.4. This is a, a different moment. It said, Many believed on that day, and the number of men who became followers of Jesus in that moment was 5,000. And, and most people believe that that's just because they didn't count the women and kids at that moment. So that number is probably ten or 15,000 total on that occasion. So now you've got, in just a, a, a very short time, probably just a few weeks really, you have a handful of followers of Jesus that could fit in somebody's living room. Exploded to 3,000. And every day that's growing. Well, then a few weeks later, thousands more are on the scene. And, and if, we, you know, if we were to keep reading, we would see that this ultimately spread across the globe with God's message. And it started with just a handful of people. But the reality of it is, it had nothing to do with those people in particular. They weren't smart, they weren't powerful, they weren't skilled. Go back to that second verse. I think I got them a little out of order. The Matthew 16, 18. Put that one up. Here's the truth of the matter. This is what it all boils down to. This is God speaking. And he said this. He said, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, the very gates of hell, will not overcome it. See, we serve a great big God. And God says, I don't need you 
to be the best. I don't need you to have the most money or the best ability. He said, I've got all that. He said, I will build my church the way I see fit. All I need you to do is to be willing to go along for the ride and not be, not be so afraid when it gets tough, when the water starts pouring in and you can't stop it, to know that I've got this because God said, I will build my church. That's not up to us. It's not up to me to make this church successful. God said he will do that. And so all we can do is say, God, you know that this has been your church since day one. You knew every person that would walk through the doors. You knew every building we would have to meet at. You knew every time we would have to move buildings. And some people wouldn't make the move with us. That didn't surprise you, God. And so now that we're here, we're in Bell Chase. We're at this spot, the most strategic place we've ever been. And now, God, you are ready to do something so significant that we won't even believe it. See, that's the kind of church that I want to be a part of. One that says, God, we trust you even when we don't understand. God, we believe you're working. We believe you're setting things in motion that we can't see. So that when you're ready, you're going to blow the stinking doors off this place. And we'll get to experience the ride. We're going to be a church that, that prays big prayers for God. Do you know that before we moved here, before we knew one person in New Orleans, we weren't living here? One of the things that I prayed was this. That in 10 years from when we started Impact Church, that God would let us see 10,000 people become followers of His and baptized. Now, when your church currently exists of you and your wife, and you're saying, God, I want you to bring 10,000, that's a pretty audacious ask. You know, that's something that, that is not in my power to do. You know, I am not cool enough to know 10,000 people, much less get them all to show up at my church. But just like we saw, the same God who did it back then can do it today. The problem is, there are too many, most churches aren't asking for it. When we know there are a million people that live within 15 minutes of where we are right now, 10,000 is not even a lot. But we've, we've become so foreign to the idea of people responding to God that we think that's an obscene amount to ask for. And God's probably going, 10,000, you know, that's, you know, one half of one half of one percent. That's nothing. That's a drop in the bucket. It's, you know, baby steps. Got to start somewhere. But that's the God we serve. God that says, I will build my church the way I see fit. I'm just looking for people crazy enough to trust me to do it that way. For people crazy enough to ask me for big things that make absolutely no sense 
given their current situation. But just like he did in, in the Bible, he can take a handful of people, regular people, that aren't politically connected, that aren't rich or powerful, that don't have much to offer other than they just trust God and they're willing to do whatever it takes. See, that's the kind of church that Impact Church is and is going to continue to be, continue to develop. You know, every person that's here today, every person that we've met along the way has, has contributed to that journey that, that's gotten us here. And God has a role to play for every person. You know, I read something interesting this week, and, you know, I know nothing about cars. I mean, I can take my car to get the oil changed and stuff, and I can change a tire. But, you know, beyond that, you know, if I took my car to a mechanic, you know, and he, he said, you know, your flux capacitor is messed up, I'd have to take him at his word. I wouldn't know that there's no such thing as that. And if he wanted to replace it, I'd have to pay for it. I wouldn't know where it went or what it did, but I don't have any knowledge of that. But did you know that the average, just regular four-door car, sedan, has over 30,000 parts that make up that car? And that if any one of those parts is either broken or incorrect, the car is not going to function the way it's supposed to. But, you know, somebody with the knowledge of those, the person who made the plans for that car, they could look at those 30,000 parts, if we had them scattered around this room, and because they know what they're designed to do, they could put them all together in the right way to make a vehicle that could take us anywhere we wanted to go. I could look at those car parts for the next 17 years and there is zero chance that there would ever be a car come out of this room because I, I don't know where they're supposed to go I have no idea of their intended position but the person who made it does well that's why when God says he's gonna build his church and he strategically places the right people at the right time in his church, it's because they have a part to play to make it work properly, to make it happen the way God intended. See, look at what the Bible says. Make sure. This is the big long one. Yes, okay. It says this. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He says this. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be, and if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. 
you, know, you might think that there are parts that don't even matter on your body, but I don't know about you, but I like my pinky toe. I bet if my pinky toe were gone, I'd miss it. Or you ever wonder, you know, what the heck do I need with a belly button? What does that do? But then when you find out the truth that without that belly button, when, it, when you were being developed, that that was your lifeline. That's what it does. There are no unimportant parts. Well, the same thing goes for the church. Look at what he says. He continues. He says, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. The church, Impact Church, needs some pinky toes. Some people are going to be the belly button that, that just connects everything. Everybody has a part to play. But in order to play that part, you've got to be part. You've got to be willing to say, I'm in. I'm ready. I'm ready to be part of the body. See, there are a lot of churches that have a lot of people that are in seats on a Sunday, but they're not part of the church. They're there and they're watching something, but they're not connected to the body. They haven't taken that step and said, connect me, I'm in. See, at Impact Church, we call that partnership. We call that saying, we want you to become part of the body of Christ, the church that is Impact Church. We don't want it to be okay for you just to come and sit week after week and watch without taking that next step, saying, I want to be a part of this officially because I have a part to play. And if I don't do it, it's not going to function the way God intended. See, when God says he will build his church, he means it. But it also means that the people he intended to be part of his church have to be obedient and play their part. Not everybody's going to be on this stage and be part of a band. Trust me, I've, I've asked. They won't let me. And not everybody is going to go working with the kids. Some people aren't good wired for that either. But there is a part to play for everyone, for God to build exactly what he wants to build and to shape exactly what he wants to make happen. And so that's why, you know, every, we're, we're trying to get it more, more organized and we, when we do it. But for now, it's kind of as needed. This Wednesday evening... At my house, we're having what we call our partnership class. That's for anyone who says, I'm ready to make it official. I'm ready to become part of Impact Church. Figure out what role that God wants me to play in building his church. And so Wednesday night at 6.30 at my house, you can come and find out what does that mean. You know, you're not signing your life away. You're under no obligation to anything just because you show up. But we will have child care. We'll have some food there. 
and nobody's going to, you're not going to be there for four hours. Um, but you'll just learn a little bit more about Impact Church, a little bit about, more about who we're trying to be, and, and what our desire is for the future. Find out what parts you can play. And we want you to come. But here's what we need you to do. We need you to let us know you're coming. So on the connect table in the lobby, we have a place where you can sign up and just tell us, okay, we're bringing this many people and we have this many kids that are going to need to be watched. And so just let us, or you can sign up online. There's a little form on our website under the partnership page. It, you can just fill it out. It just says, here's my name, here's how many people are coming, and here's how many kids I have that need child care. That is happening this Wednesday. And so if that pertains to you, we want you to take that step and become part of the body. Become part of the journey, the story that God is building here in Bell Chase. So that's, that's where we are today. That is today's invitation. Is for you to say, I'm ready to take that step. So right now, I'm going to ask the, the band to, to come on back up. This isn't quite how we plan it, but uh, you know, sometimes it's okay to, to do it a little differently. And what I want us to do is I'm, I'm, fixing, to, I'm fixing to pray for us. And then I'm going to leave you with, with two things. Your invitation today is, is two things. If you're here today and you say, you know what? Me and my family, or, or me, whatever is applicable to you, we're ready to take that step and become part of Impact Church. Become a partner of Impact Church. To play the role that God intended for us to play. Then for you, sign up today. Now, it may be that you say, you know what, I'm still not whole sure about this whole church thing because I'm not really sure about the whole God thing. And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you're here today and you say, I'm intrigued, or I'm, I'm interested, but I'm not sure how ready I am to, to make a commitment to this church, but I, I'd like to talk to someone about this whole God thing. I've got some questions I'd like to get some more clarity on exactly what it means to, to be a Christian, to be a follower of Jesus. I don't quite understand that. So, so here is your invitation today. If that's you, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. As we sing that connection card that's, that was on your chair, I'm going to ask you to, to be willing to fill that out. Put your name on it, put your contact information, and then just write on there, look, I want to talk to somebody about God. I've got some questions, and we will have that conversation. Whatever your questions may be, it doesn't matter. We want to help you get clarity. We want to help you understand, because that's where it all begins. Everything starts with you first taking that step and beginning a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the first step. Not, not becoming part of a church, but become, becoming part of God's family, and then extending that to become part of a church family. So right now let me pray for us, and then we're going to sing. You do whatever it is you need to do.
God, we thank you for who you are. We just thank you for, for being God. Thank you for promising that you will build our church. And it's not up to us to determine how successful it is. It's just up to us to be faithful and to trust you and to follow you. And we're grateful for that because we would mess it up. And so we trust you, God. You do whatever it is you want to do in us today. In your name we pray. Amen.